Welcome to the AFIRE Podcast. Developing new talent in a time of COVID, how is that even possible? The AFIRE Committee on Mentorship has been asking that same question for a while now, and they are starting up a new pilot program this fall. I asked the chair of that committee, Steve McCarthy, head of AXA Investment Management, Real Assets, and two of his committee members, Amy Price, a managing partner and co-head of the U.S. for Bentall Green Oak, and John DeShell, chief capital officer of Gemini Rosemont, to talk about what they are doing with this new program. So, John, let's start with you. Why is mentorship important and why now? I think mentorship is an imperative for every industry. I think that during COVID, it has, it's taken on a very different amount of importance. And I think that the difficulties experienced, um, frankly, from both uh, the side of the mentors and their mentees uh, is, is, can be pretty, um, pretty significant. Um, you know, fortunately, as a broad concept, um, the institutionalization of mentoring programs, you know, among our colleagues and counterparts and the industry at large, um, it has a lot of universal speak appeal. Um, and I certainly haven't spoken with anyone who doesn't recognize its value uh, and, and doing things within their companies, um, you know, to maximize it. However, the methodology that people are using to implement and the relative um, importance to their firms and the degree of institutionalization within them um, is a very broad spectrum, which really, frankly, speaks on the underlying real uh, thoughts of a given company as to how they want to approach it. Um, you know, there's several issues, uh, specifically as it relates to to, uh, to COVID, that I think have been made more difficult. And first and foremost is just the overall uh, disruption of, for most of us, uh, what was our traditional work uh, life. Um, right now, nothing in our lives is happenstance uh, during our workday, for the most part. Everything is scheduled. There's very little incidental conversation. Um, you have to make sure to reach out to your people because you don't have the luxury of those 50 or so informal areas of communication every day. And frankly, from a mentoring perspective, the problem with that is those are usually uh, times where a more junior person can seek counsel from a more senior person on specifically how to handle a given situation. And it comes naturally when they happen to be next door or, or, or down the hall um, versus a little more stilted and a little more formal when they're not. Um, the other, a uh, couple other big issues is that, you know, senior leaders have various roles within an organization outside of just making sure that the business of the business continues. But, you know, specifically, um, there is a teaching role. Uh, you know, junior people tend to learn more from senior people and senior people certainly learn things from junior people. But as it relates to the specific um, transactions that we're involved in, um, you know, it's important for them to get the input. And frankly, from from a senior person's perspective, it's important to have junior people that you 
uh, trust can accomplish things that that will be a lot more efficient if they do it versus you do it. Um, and you know, in addition, it, it 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 the senior leaders are kind of the keepers of institutional knowledge, and the uh, they are the keepers of corporate or the, or, the, or the perpetuators of a corporate culture in that it's pretty typical that um, people who work together for a long time generally have uh, a way of, of thinking about things and viewing things and doing things that have some levels of similarity. And without that um, exposure, you know, that kind of gets um, that will really get diluted. Um, you know, and lastly, um, for those of us who are on the transactional side, uh, to the extent that work from home protocol were to continue um, kind of on an indefinite basis, the, the problem is that, um, you know, at least for me, there were kind of two very large periods of growth and they each one culminated in, in the end of sort of that period of my uh, uh, growth. And what I mean by that is, you know, as a junior person, you get to a point where you're able to accept more and more and more responsibility and it's, and you've evidenced that. And so you are given, uh, more responsibility and that's an inflection point. That's when you're going to have a period of growth. And if you are not in a position where it's obvious to those who might be able to provide that for you, um, or to help you get there, that's, clearly um, a major issue. And then I guess my last comments would be just um, as a plug for something that is clearly important to me, and that is um, I think we need a, a, a more institutionalized method for implementing mentorship programs. I think we, um, I think that it's obvious that uh, the time to be invested by senior management sometimes can be disproportionate. So I think it's important that people um, uh, at the highest levels understand that these, these corporate mandates that don't necessarily 100% tie exactly to profit that can be you know, clearly illustrated. Um, there's other areas of, of, of there are other ways in which we can grow the values of our business that don't specifically and only tie um, to our investments, but frankly, a very important investment, and that's it within our people. I'm, I'm curious, um, and I'd love to put this out to all of you, not just John, but how well do you think we do in real estate in terms of mentoring the next generation? I think that the honest answer that I would give you, only having exposure specifically to my company and some others, is at the moment, I think we're about a C. And I think that that is not universal. I think that by and large, um, larger, more uh, structured institutions and, and, and entities um, between size and, and budget and everything else uh, have done a better job than many uh, smaller and mid-sized firms. Um, however, smaller, smaller firms typically, um, from purely from a mentoring perspective, typically do the best job out of it just out of happens, as much out of happenstance as anything else, because they just don't have a lot of bodies. Certainly what you're describing is very 
individual company, company by company, whether it's a smaller company, mid-sized, larger company, and they all have kind of different ways of approaching mentorship. And Amy, I'd love, I'd love to ask you, since certainly you're working inside uh, Benton Green Oak, which has outstanding kind of inside the company mentorship. Do you think that that's enough for existing companies to have good mentorship programs? Or is, is there something that needs to happen that's perhaps broader or perhaps across the industry? Yeah, it's a good question, Gunnar. And I, I do think there's room for both. You know, there's no question that the core of a mentorship is well aligned with internal programs, and those are really important. But I do think there's some limitations. You know, within a company, um, in my opinion, a mentorship program more naturally tends to orient around, you know, mentoring someone to advance within that organization and perhaps along more traditional lines. And because a lot of times those relationships are between a more junior and a more senior colleague, again, in the same organization, you know, my, my experience is also that mentees can quite naturally be a bit more guarded in expressing their interests, their career objectives. And again, particularly if they're not perceived to be particularly, you know, aligned with company objectives. So I think the value in large part of a broader kind of approach to mentorship that's more industry-wide is to be able to connect individuals um, with people outside of their own company, again, to complement what's done internally. And I think the value of that is that with an industry mentor, you know, the relationship can more naturally and truly center on the individual, on the mentee, um, doesn't have kind of the same you know, influence or perspective of just um, an internal path. And it can just bring a, a much wider uh, and different you know, perspective. Um, it also allows relationships to be built that might align across important kind of natural tendencies or um, points of view that you may not find internally. That, and, I, and I guess what I'd say, and it maybe goes part up to the first question as well, I think if you ask a lot of senior leaders uh, what contributed to their success, mentorship comes to mind, but typically it's informal. You know, it really wasn't benefiting from a formal program. So I think if we can help create those relationships, even across the industry, um, it'll be more impactful for the mentees um, and those earlier in their career. You know, a lot of times when we talk about uh, mentorship, I, I will hear from people their frustration, if you will, that perhaps they put a lot of time and energy into helping someone uh, become a better real estate professional and potentially a leader, and then they leave the company. Uh, it's just a reality that there's a lot of transition. How do you how do you think about the the value of your time and energy that you put into someone if it's not going to directly affect the bottom line of your company? Well, and again, this, I mean, I really do think we need to have a broader perspective. And I guess my view on that is that that person that decided their career path was outside of the company that you mentored them within, then that's their best path. And, you know, I don't believe in trying to fit a round peg in a square hole, so to speak. So I think the best thing we can do is support talent and development and have a longer term view about um, helping people navigate their careers. Obviously there is, and again, I, you know, I think this is very much hand in hand with an internal program. I think there's a lot of value in that. Um, but I, you know, I think you have to take a longer view on, um, you know, how strong that fit would be, even if they weren't mentored. I mean, it sounds like that's the right outcome. Yeah. And I, you know, a lot of times people will talk about there being a limited 
talent pool in which to, to draw from. John, you've talked about that a little bit. Yeah, there is a limited uh, pool, but um, the, just to just to tag on to something that uh, that Amy just said, which I couldn't agree more with, external mentorship is fantastic. And if you can find the, I mean, if, you, if we can continue to perpetuate um, those that will mentor to those outside, that's, fan, that's it's great. It sometimes can be just difficult to do. Um, and, if, and if it doesn't, I think that if there isn't at least an internal buy-in, it's gonna be even tougher to do on the external. But um, getting back to, to your actual question, which was, uh, uh, about the talent pool and also your prior one, which is about the talent that may leave you. Um, as to the latter, I don't think there's anything you can do about that. And I think Amy's right. Um, other than to try to uh, keep someone for whatever reason, because you decide, hey, you should take a run at doing that. Um, you can't keep people. Uh, if somebody decides that they would like to, to do something differently, it's unfortunate and you very well may have invested a lot of time, but there, you know, there's no way to, um, there's, that's just human nature. There's nothing you can do about it. In terms of the talent pool, um, I think that uh, we're in kind of an unusual phase right now. If you had asked me what I thought of the talent pool in February, I would say um, it's very, very, very tight. Um, now you're in, a, in, a, in, in the midst of a market where um, there clearly is, uh, at a minimum, um, introspection and as a practical matter, potentially even just, you know, hiring freezes or waiting and seeing attitudes and just things that will, um, prospectively actually make the market a little bit looser right now. The offset to that, and the problem is unless you have a, uh, some investment theses, which, um, are particularly aligned with the market right now, the likelihood of your adding staff uh, is not high at the moment. So I think that that unfortunately, one of the pro potentially positive byproducts of COVID is that you will actually have a little bit of a looser market. Having said that, if, if the past is any um, indication, when the market returns, um, the market will get very tight again very quickly. Absolutely makes sense. And I think, you know, given the, the comments both you and Amy made, I think it makes sense. Certainly what you're talking about is trying to figure out an industry wide way to look at mentorship, not just within individual companies. So I think it would make sense at this point. Let's let's ask Steve what he thinks as chair of the AFIRE uh, mentorship committee. Um, how do you think AFIRE can better develop the talent and, and create new opportunity for a new generation of investment leaders? What do you think? Thanks. Thanks, Gunnar. And thanks for organizing uh, the podcast. So as you're aware, um, here at AFIRE, we're taking a three-tier approach to creating opportunity for emerging leaders, both within our organization and, and outside of our organization, uh, to the points that were made earlier, uh, which will involve the passing of knowledge and insight from our own senior leaders to our rising leader members of AFIRE and then beyond the confines of the AFIRE community to reach real estate graduate school students and hopefully to help uh, in, increase the quality of the talent pool at, at large. Um, this multi-generational approach um, hopefully will allow the program to uh, 
initially reach and support 20 mid-level real estate professionals and graduate students as they look to advance their careers uh, in the real estate industry. So we uh, already uh, have uh, 10 volunteers from AFIRE's senior leadership ranks, including John and Amy, who have committed to mentor 10 of our rising leaders um, through a series of four meetings or calls a year, and also to accompany them hopefully soon to our AFIRE executive conferences. Um, these rising leaders will in turn pay it forward and establish a similar mentor relationship with 10 grad students seeking to enter the industry. Grad student mentees will also have the opportunity to attend our conferences and will be encouraged to contribute research papers that may be published by AFIRE. And so in, in, in summary, the goal of our program is to support guide and encourage the career advancement of our rising leader and graduate student participants with a particular focus on minorities and women. What sounds very interesting about this, Steve, to me is this idea that the people you're mentoring, the rising leaders within the industry you're, you're mentoring, that they have to turn around and, and help someone else behind them. It's almost, you know, learn by teaching, which, which sounds like something that is a little different from what I've seen elsewhere. Yeah, and you know, um, I think there are lots of teachers in the world who tell you that they learn from their students every day, or mentees in this case. And I think, you know, uh, again, to the earlier part of this discussion, um, our responsibility at AFIRE is not only to uh, enhance and support the development of our members' careers, um, uh, in this case, um, rising leaders, but also to help the industry at large. And what could be a better way of doing that than focusing on grad students who have an expressed interest in entering the industry. Agreed. And one of the things that personally I find uh, helpful, the younger you go is the more likely they actually know how to turn on the computer that you're trying to figure <laughs> out. Uh, so certainly as an industry, we need to have better data analytics. We need to have people that are a little bit more comfortable in this area. I can't think of a better way to kind of bring that, that thought leadership up the generational ladder. As I reflect on AFIRE, you know, I think one of the really unique aspects is that it's a global organization and it spans managers and investors. So I, I think as you think about the future and the power of a mentor program within AFIRE, you can really see the ability to establish relationships across regions and connections between managers and investors that can help people navigate their careers, you know, some of those dimensions, which are otherwise really, really hard to find. Um, and I think it's just a really powerful opportunity that AFIRE can offer. That's an excellent point, Amy. It's very hard for anyone to look away from this, but certainly over the last six months uh, with Black Lives Matter um, and with more and more attention being paid to creating more equity across racial and gender lines. Um, how do you think, Steve, that this mentorship program can potentially help address that? Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a really important topic. Uh, and, you know, the AFIRE uh, mentorship committee uh, is committed uh, to do its best to promote racial and gender diversity. Um, in this case, by following the lead of one of our member groups, Bentall Green Oak, Amy's company, and setting a target participation rate of two thirds minorities and women at the rising leader and grad student levels. And so, you know, in absolute terms, as this is a pilot program, um, you know, 
maybe maybe 14 people in our in our program um, would would uh, fall under that umbrella. And we may not in absolute terms be able to move the needle that much, but if we are successful in raising awareness and stirring our membership's commitment towards building a more diverse industry, it's a, it's a good place to start. And it's something that we'll continue to build on over time as the mentorship program evolves and expands and hopefully uh, reaches out to even more participants. And it's a great point, Steve. I'm struck by how many members of AFIRE have reached out to me to talk about these issues and to ask the question, well, what can we do? Um, certainly there's a lot of things and, and what I really appreciate about what your committee is, is doing is saying, all right, well, let, let's just start right away. Let's, let's do something, see how it works uh, and see if we can address the woefully uh, undiverse environment that we have worked and lived in for, for decades. So I think this is, this is a great first step. I'd encourage anyone who's listening to this podcast to uh, uh, reach out to Steve and, and, and the committee at any point if you're interested in being a part of the kind of the post uh, uh, pilot program. Um, I think this is going to be, uh, this should grow over the years to come. And uh, just want to thank Steve, John, and Amy uh, for being a part of the AFIRE podcast. Thanks for all your efforts on this as well, Gunnar. Yep, thanks, everyone. Thank you, Gunnar. And before we close out this podcast, I wanted to make sure we took some time to thank our underwriters, Prologis, JLL, and Holland Partners, who make it possible for AFIRE to provide programming such as these podcasts. Thank you. This podcast is produced by AFIRE, the Association for International Real Estate Investors focused on commercial property in the United States. AFIRE is not engaged in providing tax, accounting, or legal advice through this podcast. None of the content is to be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell any asset. Some information included in this podcast may have been obtained from third-party sources considered to be reliable, though AFIRE is not responsible for guaranteeing the accuracy of third-party information. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of its respective contributors and sources and do not necessarily reflect those of AFIRE. This is Gunnar Branson from the AFIRE podcast. Thank you for listening.